0: Fire us on into destiny. We thank you in Jesus. Much less than we pray. Amen. You can have a sip. Glory. Let me look at somebody to your right and to your left and say, "You're welcome to God's presence this morning." Okay, glory to God. I say, glory to God. All right, fellow. Since last week, we started looking at maximizing your relationship getting the best out of the relationships that God has put in your life and um, we started with looking at maximizing your relationship with God and today we are going to be looking at maximizing your relationship with your spiritual family maximizing your relationship with your spiritual family I'd like you to turn your Bible with me first to the book of Genesis chapter 1 sorry chapter 2 maximizing your relationship with With your spiritual family Genesis chapter 2 If in Genesis chapter 2 Are we there at all? If you are not there say wait for me Okay But we won't wait for too long Amen So are you there now? All Alright i like us to read verse 18 together. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. We want to go? And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. I will make him a help made for him. I like to read Amplified Translation. Now the Lord God said it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. Meet, suitable, adaptable, complementary for him. Okay, let's jump to Psalms chapter 68. Take it side by side. Psalms chapter 68. Psalms chapter 68 and verse 6. Psalms chapter 68 verse 6. Bible says, God set the solitary in families, is set it the solitary. In families, now one of the things you will see about the operations of God, when you begin to study the operations of God, is that God knows that relationships are powerful. Hello. In fact, from the beginning when God created the first man, God looked at him and he said, As much as I have loaded him with potential, created great capacity, made him with great capacity, put a lot of things on the inside of him. When you'll see Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 28, you'll see that God, what God said man should bring forth. There are things that he had already put in man. And yet, the same God came back and said, It's not good for this man to be alone. This man cannot achieve this thing alone. I said last week that one is too so small, to make significance. In other words, one is too so small a number to do great things. You by yourself, you cannot do great things by yourself alone, yourself alone. None of us is ever self-sufficient. You will always need other men. That's why even Jesus Christ, our Lord, when he came on the planet earth, one of the very first things Jesus did was to select 12 apostles. Is somebody with me at all now? Because it becomes impossible for one man by himself, all alone, by himself, without the involvement of any other person, to become all that God wants him to be. And it's on that note that God also started a move that is called the church. And when, what we mean by the church is a group of people that are actually connected to God. That are God's people. That have relationship with God. That God has an agenda and a plan for. Glory to God And so when we become born again The moment you give your life to Christ One of the greatest gifts that God will give you Is to make you find a family A church family where it will put you it will, it will identify a place for you And put you there He said I will gather them one from a nation And two from a family And I will bring them into Mount Zion In other words God is going to be gathering us right left and center and Technically you need people Look at your neighbor and say neighbor You need people. I can hear you better. Uh, and, and, And it's very essential that we understand this concept... In life, in general, and also in spiritual, in our spiritual journey, so that we can see how to get the best. You know, you see sometimes people come to church and they never get the best out of church, and you wonder why they are not getting the best out of church. Because the Bible's—I mean—the normal saying goes us that when the purpose of a thing is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Once you do not know how to maximize a thing, once you do not know how to be able to. The maximum benefit out of it. And the same thing goes for church. People can come to church, be in church for the next 10, 15 years, and they are unable to get the best out of it. So we are going to look at a few, um, a few, um, things this morning that will actually benefit us. The first thing I like to establish is that there are two kinds of relationship in church. Is somebody with me at all now? Relationship between brethren and then relationship between people and their saint man of god and so we are going to look at the two our how, how, how can we get the best out of the two you know when we come to church when god brings us into a family because a church is supposed to be a spiritual family and please note that that once you are part of a church it is a family come on say it's a family and and and, and you will see this families in which all the members even in the natural families in which all the members are united they know what they are doing they deal with one another in love and all of that one of the things you will see about that family is that they get the best out of that family everybody get the best i was speaking with um mrs onibonji the owner of um port and clay um some few some few weeks ago we're just we're just discussing and then and she said to me she said one of the things I lo- that she loved about her family, I think she said they are about a family of is it five or, or six that about now. And then she said one of the things that she loves about her family is that they are closely knitted as many as they were. And that they derive a lot of benefit from one, one another. And she said that today now, if my mother says she needs two million, talking about her mother, said, if her mother says she needs two million just today, he said, she said within five hours, the two million will be complete said, so the interesting thing is that somebody may say, Oh, don't worry. I'll take care of it. Or everybody will say, Okay, you bring one million, you bring one, you bring one. said, so today, if I have a challenge of this thing, all I need to do is to say, talk to one of them and then everybody will rally around me. And you know what was going on in my mind? That's a solid environment. That's a kind of, that's the way God wants a family to behave. Is somebody with me at all now? He wants a family to behave that way in such a way that the strength of one will cover for the weakness of the other. Hello. And it is the devil It is Satan That came into the world And disrupted families Make sure that families are unable To achieve and Because God knows That one person cannot get it all done There are things that God has desire, designed you to do That you will need people to enhance it you will need other people to help you make it manifest. You will need other people to make some input, make some contribution, to give expressions to that thing that God has put on the inside of you. Somebody with me at all now? Huh? And so seeing that the natural family has failed in many sense, especially because the devil has infiltrated many families and disrupted many families. In fact, some families are not families. In other words, what should be the bond of love, of love that should bind them has been scattered by polygamy. The enemy has come into such family and then disrupted it, made it of no use and all that. So the best can't come out of it. So God knows that still men still need family. You need people who will love you, who will show you care, who will really be there for you. And so for that reason, God came with an alternative. And that's why he established church. Church is supposed to be family, spiritual family. Performing the original role of the first family that they didn't do. This time around, it's even going to be bigger and better. You know, I was part of a church, the church I pastored with um, some time ago. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, in that church, I could count on my fingertips nothing less than 50 millionaires in that church that was, I was part of, nothing less than 50, if that is if they are not up to 100. And then the interesting part of it is that somebody helped somebody to become somebody. Every one of them was, in fact there was one person That, I, that still comes very clear to my mind uh, Okay yes, I think he has come to preach for me here Some time ago He was an accountant with the church He was an accountant with the church And then somebody within the church Helped him to be able to start his own business Stand on his own, and today He's doing very well. Another person was also an accountant. I can also remember that one. Very short man. And then he was also an accountant with the church. And then somebody helped him to be able to start a small business. And he started as a dry cleaner. And then somebody was helping him, linking up with somebody. Before you know what it is, he had three, four companies. And then what was running through my mind is that if those people never gave him a platform, he probably will not be able to find expressions of what he carried on the inside. Is someone with me at all now? Okay, good. So we must come to a point where we begin to make things to work The way God wants it to work. So a church family is supposed to be a group of people that are supposed to be um, uh, um, useful to one another. You are a blessing to me. I'm a blessing to you. And that way, we all become the best that God wants us to be. So I I say things on how we relate with one another as brothers, and then I'll talk about how you deal with your saint man of God. In every family, in every spiritual family, one of the things God does is that to send a man to the family, to take the family forward and forward in the agenda of God. The reason being that God is a spiritual God, God is a spirit, and then if we are going to relate with him, you have to relate with him in spirit. And so in God creating a family, a spiritual family, he sends a man that becomes his mouthpiece. Is someone with me be at all now. He sends a man that becomes his mouthpiece, and the man that is his mouthpiece will stand in front of the family, the spiritual family, hearing from God, putting his ears to the mouth of God, hearing from God, helping the family to conform to the standard and the pattern that God has intention. Now, there is also a way to relate to such men. Because if we do not also relate very well with such men, the whole essence of God for that church family will never be able to materialize. So one we want to look at is how do we relate with one another to ensure that the plans and the agenda of God becomes... Uh, fulfilled in our lives. For example, Great House Christian Center, we are a spiritual family and as a spiritual family we must know how do we get the best out of this spiritual family. Otherwise we can come to church every day, every Sunday, every Tuesday, just do normal church and then go back the same and nothing nothing spectacular is happening. Yet, we can turn it around and everybody doing what is supposed to do, supply what you are supposed to supply, and then we all grow. The Bible says that the church grows not only in number, but also in the fulfillment of God's agenda for each person as each person supplies what he is supposed to supply. There is something in you that God has equipped you with put on the inside of you that you are supposed to supply and then as you supply it all of us together will become what God wants us to become. Is somebody with me at all now? All right good. At, I will mentioned a few things in brothers relationship of brother to brother. You know, we are looking at how do we really get the best. If we are relating with one another, how do I get the best in this relationship? So we are looking at the relationship of your brother to brother in a church setting, a church family. Okay, the first important thing I want to say is that it is very essential that we must learn to maintain unity by all means. The unity of the spirit. Give me Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. It must be one of the cardinal rules of maximizing your relationship relationship with your spiritual family is that you must know how to maintain Ephesians chapter four, verse two. Okay, um, okay, good. Thank you. Verse verse three. No, not two. Verse three. Did I say two? Verse Three. Okay, good. Shall we read this together? Endeavoring to the unity of the spirit. In The bone of peace, can we read again? Endeavoring to keep the unity of, in fact, give me from verse 2 or give me from verse 1 so that we can have it. Can I give me from verse 1? Give me from verse 1 I, for the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation we wherein you are called, verse 2, with all loneliness and meekness, with so long suffering, forbearing one another in law endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. The first rule of how to your relationship with your spiritual family is that at the back of your mind, you must know that no matter what happens, we must keep the unity. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that how good and pleasant for it is when brothers dwell together in unity. He said it's like the oil that runs from the head of Aaron to his bed and... Onto his feet. Now, whenever a church family maintains unity, unity of spirit, maintains unity, they make they make it easier for the Holy Spirit to flow. Spirit flowing in their means will find it easier to make the best out of them. Every time the devil want to reduce the destiny of people that are bound together in destiny, they have common thing together in God. The first thing the devil comes with is division. It's somebody with me at all, huh? It comes in and creates a division, it makes them to be divided from the art, and then once they are divided from the art, it divided them physically, and then there's trouble. The same thing goes for family. You find out that if husband and wife that's what the Bible talks about the fact that he said, husband and wife, he said, they must be careful how they deal with one another. First Peter chapter 3, he said, they must be careful how they deal with one another because they ensure that they maintain one of unity because they are. Joint heirs. In other words, they are a receiver together of the benefit of God, of the blessings of God. The, the reality also with the church is that you find out that God wants to move in the church. And then God's move is not only when the Holy Ghost falls on you and then you fall down. No. God's move also includes the fact that God blesses your brother. If God blesses your neighbor, it's a sign that God is in the neighborhood. Is huh? that God blesses your brother and then God leaves your brother and if God leaves your brother and you are united with that brother it is opportunity for that brother to bring somebody else in he will be able to locate you somebody with me at honor God blesses your brother he becomes a millionaire today it's a sign that certainly something is going to flow into your life one way or the other maybe a contract will come your way once your brother gets a job is somebody with me at now? but there must be a conscious effort to maintain the unity of the spirit. And so, how do I maximize my relationship with my spiritual family and church? People in church are my spiritual family. And you must begin to have that mindset. The way you relate with people. Your, your mind must begin to see that that brother sitting next to me is my spiritual family. Somebody me at That sister that we are sitting next to each other is one of my family member. Because you never can say when God will be moving and move that sister to be a blessing to you. And therefore, I haven't noticed. I haven't come to the conclusion that that brother is your family member. You want to maintain the unity of the spirit, ensuring that by all means we are united. We are not divided. In fact, Paul the apostle warned us and he said to us, he said we should mark and avoid those people who cause division. Give me Romans um Romans chapter 16 verse 17. He said mark them, mark those people who cause confusion, who cause division among you. Thank you. Now I beseech you then mark them. Did you see that? He said mark them. Mark them which cause divisions and offences. A brother keeps coming to you and keep talking about somebody else and is always looking for fault in somebody else said that's a person to mark mark them you know i had somebody said something about somebody um i think was it on friday or so i think it was friday and i was like i screamed in my heart ah! how could somebody be so malicious how could somebody cook up some stories from the mind that's human being for you you said mark them mark them which cause divisions and offenses. People always come to you to pollute your mind. He said, mark them. Mark them which cause and offenses. Contrary to the doctrines which we have learned. What's the doctrine that we have learned? Unity. Come on, say unity. The doctrine we have learned is unity. Come on, say unity. He said, mark them. What do you now do to them after you mark them? He said, avoid them. <laughs> he said, avoid them. You mark them. Somebody is always looking for fault in other brothers and sisters. I say mark them. Eh? Can't you see the way that person is doing? In fact, in that church, I class myself now. I don't talk to everybody. I say mark them. Can't you see? You see in this church, you need to know your way. You need to know your way. You see, pastor and his clique—they always play politics. I say mark them. In this church, you see, one thing about those choir but Shegun, the way it does, it gri, gri. he does, is gri-gri. He has preferences. Mark them. <laughs> Praise God. And you know, these are very simple, fundamental principles of Christianity that we have left behind. In the process of actually teaching many other truths, some of these things are not being taught. And so we need to go back to them. They are the basics. Because sometimes you are carrying the blessing that belongs to somebody else. And somebody comes and pollutes your mind. And once it pollutes your mind, division starts. And Jesus can walk in a division, in divided setting. In fact, he told us, he said a house divided against itself cannot stand. He said, by this I may know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Is somebody with me at all now. And so we must carry a heart that is deliberate in ensuring that we maintain the unity of the spirit. Come and say unity of the spirit. <laughs> we want to maintain the unity of the spirit. He said, maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You want to ensure that everything go well. Am I trying to say that there will not be offenses? Am I trying to say somebody will not offend you? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when it happens, if somebody offends you, you have to give the treatment prescribed by Jesus. What was the treatment prescribed by Jesus? He said if your brother offends you, he said the first thing that you do is that you go to him and discuss it. Bro, you did this and I do not like it. He said when you do it He said some of your brothers may be so stubborn and obstinate And they may not listen to you He said call somebody else to join you So that you have a witness And discuss it And the essence of discussing it Is not so that you can cause division The essence of discussing it is so that you can find unity You know there must be unity in diversity We must disagree to agree We must never disagree to, to parts. We must disagree to agree only people he told us to part with is those people who cause division. Those who have made it their major aim, it is their ministry to always cause division and magnify offenses. They try to help others to see offenses that have been done to them or what should be offenses that they should be offended in. He said mark them. The reason why he said we should mark them is that they might be the people that will actually block us from our blessing. Hello? Do you know that the same Peter That denied Jesus. Was the same Peter. That spoke and 3000 people gave their life to Christ. Same Peter. Same Peter. The brother that may offend you today. Might be the blessing tomorrow. That's why you cannot keep offenses. That's why you must maintain a large heart. And the willingness be ready at every instance. To forgive every offense. Jesus said, if somebody offends you, he said, forgive. And then his disciples said, how many times shall I forgive? He said, seventy times, seven times. And why he said seventy times seven? Because some people will now begin to count it. It's seventy times seven because he knows that there is no way you can keep 49, 490 offenses in a day. <laughs> it's not the same offense. Different offenses, 490. And once the day is gone, you have to start counting all over. <laughs> so you cannot say because he did it last week no no it must be 490 is someone with me at all now okay why is Jesus so bent on this because Jesus knows that my blessing is inside you and your blessings part of your blessing is inside me so if you if you get offended at me there are certain blessings you will not release to me if i get offended at you there are certain blessings that are inside me that i will not release because none of us actually find it easy to bless people that we hate is somebody with me at all now so one of the ways we maximize our relationship with our spiritual family is that we must learn to maintain the unity of the spirit by all means doing everything within our power ensuring that we keep that bond keep that bond it's a bond because christ bound us together come and say christ bound us together i can't hear you better as somebody saying but pastor will you like it can you like everybody can everybody be your no you see you need to get it right everybody may not be in your inner circle inner of inner circle but there must be free flow with everybody you must have a free flow with everybody so that god can use you at any time for anybody do you know that God wants to move his church to a point where somebody comes to church you can come to church with 50,000 and right on your seat God will just tap you see that brother God give him that 40,000 out of the 50 yeah that's where God is taking us to and I'm praying for you that God will take you to that realm amen. I can hear a better amen can I hear louder amen you want to Gets to that point where he can tap you and say yes. Because the reason is that God is walking a walk. What's the walk? He wants to make sure that you fulfill your destiny. And he knows you cannot fulfill your destiny. He no, you need a family. He need a bond of people who will also love you the way God loves you. Whose heart will be open towards your progress the way God is thinking about your progress. And so God wants each one of us to be his children in helping God to help our brothers and our sisters to fulfill their destiny. That's why we have a duty to maintain the unity of the spirit by all means. Because that's the only way even our own destiny can become fulfilled. As we also help other people's destiny to become fulfilled. Is somebody with me at all? Okay, good. That's very essential. We must maintain the unity of the spirit. Number two is that we must learn to bear with one another. And in bearing one another, we must be ready to suffer long. Give me that verse two of Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse two. Give it to me. You know, he talked about the fact that we should bear with one another in long suffering. He said, "With all lowliness, meekness, with long suffering, with long." Did you have another translation? Please, you guys should get another translation. You know, he said, "With long suffering for bearing with one another." Why did Why did, why did Paul say this? The reason why he said so is that all of us, when we come, when we came to Christ, we are all sick. <laughs> including me, we are all sick, and progressively is healing us. He has healed us, and then progressively is healing us. And when I'm talking about sickness, I'm not only talking about I'm not talking about physical sickness, I'm also talking about attitudinal sickness, character sickness. We have some deficiencies. Some people is the deficiency of the mouth, they don't know how to talk. By the time they talk to you, you feel like jumping inside the lagoon and die. Hello. Some people is is just mannerism. The, the way they look at you and walk, you know, the way they walk and look at you, you get irritated. And God is trying to heal them. Some people is temper. Their temper is horrible. They get angry over irrelevancies. Is somebody with me at all now? So we all have different kinds of sickness. And what God is doing is, is purging us. is cleansing us. is making us better. You know, that's why when that woman was caught in adultery and everybody was running their mouth. You know what Jesus said? He who has no sin, let him cast the first stone. Do you know it's very easy to magnify the weakness of other people and overlook your own? We often find it easier to use lighter measure to judge ourselves. And higher measure to judge other people. Hello? You'll find out that when we find ourselves in certain situations, we give excuses for ourselves but if it is somebody else we use sledge armor <laughs> praise God and so what Paul the Apostle is saying here is that we need to learn to be able to bear with other people when other people are weak in their weaknesses In some of their misbehaviors In some of the things that they do We need to learn to bear with them With long suffering In other words, some of the things they do May injure us, may make us feel bad For a season said, But we must be able, we must be willing To suffer long Not that you say, ah, that's how I did yesterday That's how I did three days ago hey, he, he did it yesterday ago I pam He did it four days ago, I pam he did it five days ago. I pa- he can't do out today. I boss. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but he wants us to be able to suffer long. Bear with people. Just, you know, sometimes when somebody offends you and does some things to you, are, are, are those things going to pain you? Yes. But in the pain, you should remember that that person is a work in progress. Tap somebody by your side and say, brother, in case I offend you, just know that I'm a work in progress can hear you better Turn to somebody else and say brother In case I offend you Forgive me Know that I'm a work in progress Because you see We need to come to a point where we begin to Heal up praise God We need to come to a point where we begin To heal up and be Healthy in our heart as we Relate with one another Because if we do not there are certain Blessings of God that we will never See as a people There are certain things that we will never see as individuals. Is somebody with me at all now? Because sometimes God blesses you, not for you. He blesses you sometimes because of your neighbor. Sometimes. And if you are not healthy in your heart, if your heart is not healed up enough, you cannot allow yourself to flow in blessing other people. And that's why I tell people, whenever you feel your heart heavy, or you feel pain in your heart, and you don't know what to do, you go to God. And just tell God, God, this brother offended me, made me feel this bad. I don't like it. I feel so hard. But God, I want you to help me. Let your love be shared abroad in my heart for that brother. Is somebody with me at all Let your love be released in my heart for him so that I can love him the way I should. I love this one. It said, with all humility and gentleness, with patience. Ah, thank you for giving me this scripture. With patience accepting one another in love. In other words, you just have to accept me. You live with me. Is somebody with me at trying if God has bound us together as a family, you have to live with me. And the same thing goes for, you know, natural family, one of the problems of most natural family is that in the natural family, we've not learned to live with ourselves. The younger brother is melted. The elder brother is hot-tempered. And then they begin. And if their parents do not teach them how to live with one another, accepting one another for who they are, they may grow up divided. Have you seen such families before? Just grow up divided. And the reason they are, they are going to divide is that they never grew to learn, they never learned as they were growing up to accept each other's differences. For example, my children, Joshua is... <laughs> <laughs> he can't believe his brothers you know joseph is a one-man dial <laughs> praise god and 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 many times you know i remember their mother would call them individually and say look the way you are doing this you just have to understand your brother and all of that and as she was doing that i was saying, i wish i had somebody do this to us while we're small while we're young because you need to learn You need need to learn, one of the reasons why some of us, if we check, most of us that our families are working, functioning well. If you are three or four in your family and everybody loves one another, go and check. Your parents did a work to make sure that you had to teach each other. They had to do work. Because no two children are the same. Are you following me, Antonio? We are different. And that differences will show up as you begin to grow up. As your personality begins to manifest, there will be personality clash. And if there is nobody to tell you that, look, everybody cannot be you. Everybody cannot love what you love. You know, I remember sometimes they are watching TV and then one wants to watch sports. The other wants to watch Nickelodeon. <laughs> and so there is a conflict of, so their mother will say, okay, let's do it this way. You watch Nickelodeon, so time to so time. You watch sports, so time to so time. So that they can be balanced. That's learning to live with one another. And the same thing must come to the house of God. If we are going to maximize our relationship. with somebody with me at all. In fact, somebody is even learning a skill to train your children with now. Because as your children will be growing up, you will find out that they are going to be different. And you must learn, you must help everybody learn how to interact with one another, respecting one another's differences. Do you know this also goes for the same, the same rules, go for organization. People who do not learn to tolerate one another in an organizational setting. That organization will become armor house of horror. It will be a conglomerate of diffuse people. Who will be coming together, but they will not be together. Their heart will be looking for out at every slight opportunity to injure one another. Check out the companies that get the best result are the companies that operate as a family. When they come, they operate as a family. But any company where every member of staff is operating like, hey, just mind your own. It's only work that costs us to get out. Mind your business and mind my business. This is my table. That is your table. No cross boundary. (laughs) Just check out that business. It will only exist for a while. The moment money is out or that company is in financial crisis, I can tell you it will come down. Why? Because people will not be able to endure for long. But if that company has learned to be structured on unity, unity in diversity, yes, we might be different, but we have to learn to accept one another. You are in maintenance department, I am in um, um, sales, but we must learn to blend, we must learn to respect one another. In no time, even if there is crisis, they will learn to manage and get out of the crisis. Is somebody with me at all now. And I believe that was original concept of God. He wanted man to understand that man cannot do it alone. You need relationships. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, neighbor. I, need I need you. Say it one more time. Neighbor, neighbor, I need you. see, when I ask you to say it, some of you are still classy. When I ask you to say it, you just sit down and you are looking. I'm asking you to say not just to white. I'm asking you to practicalize some of this. Can you move around and move to four people and say, Neighbor, I need you. It's not, it's not an interlude. I need you. I want you to know that I need you. I want you to know that I need you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. 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 You know, some time ago time ago, one of our brothers left here for the U.S. And another of our brother was already in the U.S. Another brother that left for the U.S. Was having some challenges. And then all I needed to say is, Ah, your brother, one of our members is in so-so place. Incidentally, you are not far from one another. He said, but I don't know. I said, okay, take this number. Get in touch with him. And then I just sent down one text. Please, whatever he needs, assist him. And in no time, he went extra mile to solve the problem. Because I that other brother knew nobody where he was. He had been established where he was. So it was easier for them to network. He see, sometimes there are certain things that will be difficult for you if you are going the journey of destiny alone. It will be difficult because you have no support base. You have no support system. And that's why God didn't want life to be difficult for you. He gave you support system. And church is supposed to be a support system. That's what we saw in that Psalm chapter 68. He said, He set the solitary in family because God doesn't want a lone ranger, He set the solitary in family. The man that is alone, he put him in a family structure. So you are not helping yourself when you say one thing about me is that I class myself. I just go to church, pray, and come back. I class myself. You are really not helping your destiny, you are classing yourself out of the best. <laughs> Hello. I can challenge you. Go and look at all the men who are doing well, even in the circular. All those guys who are doing very well. Go and check. They are relational people. All of them. The other day I was looking at Dangote, an unbeliever for that matter. I was I was watching him in um, Nasarawa. Nasarawa State Government gave him land free. Central Bank um, Governor as at that time gave him a loan with one percent interest. And all based on relationship. So he was supposed to plant something in Nasrawa and then get the money. So all that he will use to do the business, they are going to be free of charge. So it's going to make profit on it. And you know, as I sat down there and I was listening to each of them talk about how long they have known him. I shook my head. I said, this man is very wise. Because a lot of people don't know that you are sitting on a gunpowder of wealth and success. If you keep to yourself, you will be shrink, shrunk out of greatness. But if you open up yourself, you know, most people don't want to be injured because they say, no, I don't want anybody to offend me. I don't, you know, one thing about me is that I am very sensitive. I don't like people to, ah, hey. You are not living in the real world, though. If you live in the real world, people will offend you. They will do all kinds of things to you, but you must learn to forgive and let go. Is somebody with me at all now? Some people are asking Why are the children of the rich becoming richer And the children of the poor becoming poorer I can tell you why They learn to let work. They learn the power of relationship But I found out that, that that thing really belongs to us Who are God's children Because from the beginning As God created the first man With all of the resources in the garden God said it's not good for man to be alone He can't do it by himself I need to create relationships for him Can I tell you the truth friends you need relationships, and it starts with your church relationship, because that that is supposed to be a, a little pure anyway. Of course, we know we are we have wolves in church, and all that, and that's why we need to drive out wolves. That's why I said mark them. <laughs> but in, in the sincerely, if you come to serve God with sincerity of heart and all of that, we are supposed to be helpers of each other's destiny. You come. And you release yourself. I come. I release myself. You have weakness. I have weakness. You have strength. I have strength. And we rub our strength upon our strength, our weakness upon our weakness, and over time we become better. And God makes us better and better. Can you imagine the guys that started with Jesus? Peter, James, and John. All of those guys. In fact, Thomas was a chronic unbeliever. That guy was just <laughs> he was just something else. Peter was spontaneous. He just you know, he doesn't think before talking. And yet with all of that God in his own infinite wisdom was able to weave together a, a team of people that shook the world. The only person that was out of that game was Judas. And the reason was very clear. Judas in his own was in his own different class. So he couldn't fit into the system. But as we begin to learn to relate with one another as we begin to l- to interact with one another we must know that I am supposed to release myself and all of that so we must bear with one another bear with one another and part of bearing one another is the fact that we must learn to forgive one another there will be offenses we will offend one another but we must learn to heal up we must learn to be able to overlook some areas I must look at some of the things that you do to me that pain me and I must be able to forgive you and let it go is somebody with me at all now we to keep offenses that is to begin to keep record Of the wrongs that you do to me On a consistent basis Is to magnify our difference And cause division And that division will be blocking blessing And I want to encourage you Make it as your aim One of your life goals as a person As a Christian even That you do not want to entertain in your space Anybody that magnify offenses Hello We saw we saw it in that scripture He said mark them Mark them Mark them that cause division Romans chapter 16 verse 17 Mark them that cause division Mark them that magnify offenses And what do you do? Avoid them You know why he says you should avoid them? They will pollute your heart Even aside from church sir, Even in a natural setting If somebody keeps coming around you Or you anytime you are around a person The person is always talking about the things That will remind you of offenses He said, mark them Somebody is around you and every time you mention, you know you know what the Bible says? He said, let our words be filled with grace. Let our words minister grace to the ear. He said, let your words be salted so that I can minister grace. In other words, the right thing is that every time I am talking, somebody should be energized towards destiny. So if somebody is talking to me, And I notice that every time this person talks to me, instead of me being energized towards destiny, instead of me being challenged towards good works, I am being polluted in my heart. Is my heart feeling sad and sinking the more? I need to mark that person. He said, mark them. He said, when you mark them, he said, don't fight them Oh, You don't need to fight them. All he said you should do is just avoid them. There are some people you avoid for your own sake. Now, people avoid the wrong people. Someone say, because that person is always offending me. I want to avoid him. No, he didn't say, mark those who offend you. Because people will offend you. He said it's not, he said it's impossible. Offense cannot become. Offenses will come. If somebody will except for people who have given themselves to devils, and the Bible told us how the rule, you know, the challenge we often have is that people like to live their ideology and not the word. Your ideology is nonsense. The only thing that stands the test of time is God's word. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, it doesn't matter where you get your ideology from. It is nonsense. There is only one thing that said. Every other thing will fade away, but my word will not pass away. Jesus was speaking one day. He said, "One of the reasons why the word of God is not working in your life is because you make it of no effect by your own ideologies, by your own opinions, your own traditions." One, one, of the thing, one of the things that must become the cardinal rule of our life Is that any action Any decision I will take That's not based on the word I must throw it to the being It doesn't matter how I feel Are you following me at all, no? And the honest truth that the Holy Spirit will never lead you Contrary to the word of God Because it will always point you to the word of God Once there is a decision to be taken You check the word of God as a basis What does the word of God say on this subject? How I feel, notwithstanding, do you know sometimes I do things that I don't feel like doing, but because the word of God says so. I was just telling them in, in the uh, training this morning. I said, Sometimes my wife might do some things of me that I feel very offended, and then I get to the place of prayer, and then God tells me, I Apologize to her. Sometimes I'm still feeling bad. By the time I'm apologizing, I'm still feeling bad. So it has nothing to do with your feeling, it has all to do with the word. Is somebody with me at all now? It has all to do with the word, not your feeling. It doesn't have to do with what you think. It has all to do with the word of God. And Jesus told us how to handle somebody who offends you consistently. He said, how do you handle such person? He said, when you go to the person, let the person know, this is what you do that I don't like. He said, if the person does not listen, does not change, and does not listen, call somebody else to be there as a witness. If the person does not listen, does not change, he said, call the leaders to so join you to discuss with the person he said if the person does not listen after that time he said treat the person as an invidel it is at that time that you have a right to put the person on his own until he changes is somebody with me at all now but if you have not exhausted those channels you do not have a right to just keep people away is somebody with me at all no? do have a right to just keep people away but if you have exhausted those channels and have haven't done those channels and that person is not ready to change he said then avoid that person put that person on the hold but most of us we are quick to want to avoid people just at the first instance of offense. look at the way she look at me can you imagine pastor if you see the way she look at me ah pastor the truth is that bible said we should forgive i forgive you now but i can never talk to her again no, Pastor, you see, I am a sensitive person. I am a sensitive person. I don't want anybody to offend me again. You are not walking by the word, you are walking by your own ideology. Because the word makes it clear what should happen. And he has already told you he said offense will come. People will offend you. So it's not an issue. Is somebody with me at all now? Huh? You know one of the things that God said he hates in the book of Proverbs. He said he hates people that cause division among brethren, magnifying offenses. Now, that's one of the it, six or nine things, six or seven things I said he hates. Are you following me at all? now? those who cause division among brothers. He said, I don't like it. He said, Love will cut co- we cover multitude of sin. We just overlook some. Why? Because I need to understand that the person who offended me is a work in progress. Me. That was offended. I'm a work in progress. You know, it's today, you you might be the one that was offended by somebody. But tomorrow it might be you that will offend. Somebody understand what I'm talking about. We offend sometimes consciously, we offend sometimes unconsciously. But if we understand that we must maintain the unity of the spirit. I think, I guess I'm killing some spirit here this morning. (laughs) If we know in our heart that we must maintain the unity of the spirit. Do you know that one of the greatest gifts you can give to Jesus, your Lord, is to maintain the unity of the spirit? The bond of love. You know why it's important to Jesus? It is important to Jesus because Jesus has shed his blood for every one of us. He has a great plan for every one of us. You may not like that brother's face because of the offense of that brother. But the truth is that when you check the agenda of God, he has a great plan for that brother. Your offense notwithstanding. And the more you understand that and come to terms with that, the better. Do you know one of the challenges is that when you are angry with somebody, you are tempted to wish the person evil. You are tempted to wish that something calamitous happened to the person so that you can prove the point that you are right is wrong. Okay, (laughs) is somebody with me at all (laughs) now? And that's one of the reasons why we need to begin to deal with our heart. Because if you don't deal with your heart, subtly in your mind, you can be in church and you are wishing that brother. Hmm. I just wish one day she just by looking for one, we have to say, Yes, yes, it's my (laughs) head. Glory to God. God doesn't want us to operate that way. Even when that brother offends you, God wants you to keep the judgment in his hand. Let him be the one that will judge. In fact, one day I saw in the he said, when your enemy is going through trouble, he said, don't rejoice too much. He said, because when God sees that you rejoice too much, he can turn back from his judgment. <laughs> That's your enemy. Oh. So which means even God says, your enemy, I don't want you to be the one wishing evil for them. somebody say (laughs) but I'm telling you that's how to live and that's the Christian path and God must help us to begin to think right otherwise we will be short circuiting ourselves can I give you one, one more secret every time you are wishing evil for somebody either subtly or consciously you are delaying your miracle yeah you are delaying your miracle. You are saying, "Pastor, what do I mean?" Jesus gave us one secret. He said, "Whatsoever you want to happen to you, whatever you want men to do to you, he said, do likewise to others." So everything in our life are seeds. Everything is a seed. Every time you wish somebody, you know, softly, you know that the way we just feel when we are angry with people. Let him just walk now. Let his leg break. So that he will know that I am anointed. do (laughs) it. As soon as you have. And you know the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? As you are thinking the thought. If you don't quickly rebuke the devil. (laughs) God marks it and says. What I am working on to be better. You are wishing evil will happen. Alright. I will show you a lesson. He just marks you down that's why Jesus taught us a principle he said when you are praying and you find out that you have an offense in your heart he said first settle to that offense he said it's like a man who owe another man and somebody now owed the person small he now kept the person in prison he said the one who the man at first when he had he came and said unto you pay me in full somebody owe you ten naira you owe somebody one million the one who owe you 10 nether. You're now put in prison. Say, eh, hey, okay. You too, until you pay me in full. And the concept is trying to teach us is that your heart must not wish people evil. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. And you know, this act thing is a very serious matter. Very serious matter. We must begin to check our hearts. We must begin to check our hearts. And trust the Lord to help us that we wish people well. We don't wish them evil. Hello. That we don't take offenses and take it too serious. And you know one other thing I see about offenses is that every time your heart holds people in your mind, you will always see wrong in every rights they do. Have you noticed that? When somebody has offended you and you have not made up your mind to forgive them, from your heart, even if they cough, you will see error in their coughing. <laughs> and you want to show every other person that they are wrong. You want to prove to everybody that every of their action is not right. But if it's somebody that is okay with you, even when the person does wrong, you want to convince every other person that they are right. Am I correct? Okay, good. So in the church, we need to learn, under the help of the Holy Spirit, that the Lord will help us. Why Why is that necessary? Because there is a place you are going that you can never get to if you do not know how to manage those relationships. Somebody is in the church right now that may be your saving angel in the next two years. And you better learn to manage that relationship well. Because you don't know when you will need that relationship. And God has brought people together so that they can achieve the ultimate aim. Give me Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 and then we close on that. I thought I'll be able to take the second one, but I'll take that one another time. How to manage relationship with the man of God, your man of God. Okay, good. He said, therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Uh huh. I can't hear you better. I can't hear you better. Especially unto them. Who are of the household. Look at your brother say, Brother, you better learn to do me good. We belong to the same family. <laughs> Look at another person say, Sister, you better learn to do me good. We are of the same family. Hello. Hello. He said, he said, let us learn. To do good to all men. Hello. <laughs> he said, But take note that especially in the order of poverty, the people that you belong to, the household of faith together. Because something about your life. You must make up your mind. Hello. Tell God to work on your heart. There may be a brother in church that when you are coming next Sunday, you might need to bring a Congo of rice for. Huh? <laughs> yeah, And that, that may be something That will help that brother say God you have not forgotten me I remember some time ago When God asked my wife I had To give her a car When we took the car To the person that we had to give into Incidentally the person happened to be a pastor And then as soon as my wife Dropped the, the key With the man The man was almost crying he said, so you mean this will ever happen in my lifetime? This will ever happen to me? I only hear that they do it to big men of God. I never thought it would happen to me. You know that day I was jumping. I was jumping in my heart because I said, blessed be the day I had in my room, i go and give that car. We went to give that car and she had to be taken back to her place of work for the next one year plus. But everyone knew that there must be somebody, there's somebody that must be made glad. In other words, that person can now feel that God has not forgotten. And that's how God wants to treat us. You may be coming to church next week or say, You see that new shirt you just bought? See that brother? Pack it, iron it very well. Go and give it to him next Sunday. And then, as soon as you come, I come, Brother Bros., how are you doing? I just have this for you. And then you go, you might be thinking, you may be shocked. The person probably might have prayed and said, God, clothe me, cover me. And then because you have decided to become useful as an instrument in the hands of God, somebody will begin to praise God for your sake. But unless you have made up your mind to maintain the bond of unity, to make sure that we are together one before God, you may never be found useful in the hands of God. Because you will keep walking as an isolated entity. And going as an isolated entity. Rise up to your feet. I'd like you to talk to God in the next one minute. Lord, help my heart. Help me to be useful to you. In the name of Jesus. I pray this morning. That your hand will rest upon me. That you will help me. That my heart will be tender in love. My heart will be able to relate in love. I'll be able to relate in the unity of the spirit. In the name of Jesus, I ask this morning, Father, that you take every offense out of my heart. No matter what man has done to me, no matter how they have injured me, Lord, I pray, give me grace to be able to forgive. Give me grace to be able to relate with people in love. In the name of Jesus, come and go ahead and pray here this morning. Father, I pray that you will help me father i pray that you will help me jesus i pray that you will help me that i'll be able to relate in love with my brothers and sisters i'll be able to maintain the bond of unity the bond of unity the bond of peace i'll be able to maintain the unity of the spirit help me to be able to forgive happy to be able to let go of offenses in the name of Jesus in Jesus mighty name we pray